Now, if you have been around Hosanna at all this summer, you know that we are in a series called The Fruit of the Spirit. And we have been talking about the Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus, the presence of God that is within us. And we've been learning together about what it means to walk in the Spirit, to to partner with the Holy Spirit even more intentionally. Because as we do, the Holy Spirit produces fruit in us. Good fruit. Beautiful fruit. Fruit that impacts not only the world around us, but us. And I want to read together today our theme verse. I hope you know this by now. It's Galatians 5, verse 22. And can we all say this out loud together? Because my hope is that these words have been stirring in you and continue to stir in you. So let's read this out loud together. It says this. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. What is it? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Nine amazing words, characteristics that describe the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I'm hoping... I'm hoping that this series is impacting you as much as it's impacting me. (laughs) I don't think I've said this before, but I'm not sure that we've had a sermon series that has so challenged me and so rocked my world, you could say, and started to form me in a way that I just love. And it comes out of this verse. And, And here's why. I have loved this verse of the fruit of the spirit for a long time. In fact, my girls, they're in their early 20s. When they were little, we used to sing a song, and it went like this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. The fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Did you like that? Yeah. That will be my one and only solo at Hosanna. Don't plan on me at the Christmas concerts. I'm just saying that. But I knew this verse. I've known it. And I've loved these words. And I've looked at them and gone, well, who wouldn't want that? But there's something that's happening through this series for me and I hope for you. And it's this. I've realized that when I have looked at those words before, I have looked at them through my 21st century English language lens. But as we are studying these words, I am realizing they're so much deeper. They're so much richer. And that if they come from the Spirit of God, we cannot manufacture these on our own. Oh, we can try, and we can do that, but it's counterfeit. But when we do it with the Spirit, it is rich. They are are supernatural. There is something divine that happens that transforms us and changes the world around us. And they they are not just things that we kind of pick and choose. Like, oh, I think I need a little gentleness today. Oh, I need a little bit of patience. And we just kind of pick them off the shelf. No. These together are describing a way of being. A way of being as we learn to walk in the spirit. And they just come at all different times because it's who we become as people. As we grow in walking in the spirit. And so they're powerful. And I hope that you are leaning in on these words and desiring more of them from the Spirit. I know that I am. And that is my backdrop for talking about our word today. I have the privilege of talking about the word kindness. 
kindness, that characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit. And I will admit to you, when I first got this one, and we get, got these assignments early this summer, and I thought, oh, yay, I get to talk about kindness. <sighs> Pastor Julia gets to talk about kindness. And I was thinking, I'd immediately what popped into my head, we live in Minnesota, so we think of Minnesota nice, don't we? And so I was thinking about all the ways that we have to be nice. And I, maybe you're like this. I was thinking about in the second grade when we had this little girl in our class who was syrupy, sweet, so sweet to the teacher, and then nasty on the playground. Did you have one of those? Or, or the kind of compliments that where somebody comes up to you and go, your hair looks so much better this week than it did last week. And you go, thank you. Last fall, we had a speaker in town from California, and he had a bunch of his team here. And at the end, they said to me, you know, Julia, people in Minnesota are so nice. And I still to this day don't know whether he was complimenting us or or giving a little jab. I'm not sure. So this word nice can conjure up these syrupy, sweet feelings. And, And I just have good news. The word nice isn't even in the Bible. Thank the Lord. But kindness is. Kindness is all over the Bible. And when we talk about kindness as it comes from the Spirit of God, it is powerful, powerful enough to change the world. So let me give you my definition of what I have found kindness when it comes from the Spirit is, and I've taken this, I've been studying all different interpretations, but this is the best I can do. It's this. It is our response to God's concern for others. Our response to God's concern for others. See, we have a God who is concerned and compassionate toward everybody in the world. And so it begins in our heart as the Holy Spirit begins to awaken our hearts to the concerns of others. But then kindness moves outward. It starts in the heart, but then it moves outward into actions and words that are selfless. See, this is why we need the Holy Spirit. If we're just trying to be kind, like figuring out what people's needs are, and that's not bad, but I just think we could miss the mark. Because guess what? The Holy Spirit knows what people's deepest needs are. And so as we begin to learn in the walk, to walk in the spirit, we begin to sense the concerns that God has and we respond out of those because the Holy Spirit is kind. Have you ever thought about God as kind? You know, I, I was thinking about this and I, I just thought, I, I wonder, I, I'm not sure that it is the first thing that comes to most people's minds when they think about God. Like if I could do a quick survey at all of our campuses and say, give me one word that describes God, I'm not sure kindness would even show up in the top 20. I think we'd hear faithful, powerful, loving, grace-filled, holy, all of these kinds of words, but kindness? And I began to wonder why. Why do we not think of kindness as a strength, first of all, but also as what God is? And here's what came to mind, and I'm sure there's many reasons for it, but this is what I was wondering. We live in a pretty harsh world. We live in a pretty harsh world. I mean, we have horrific extremes 
like what happened last weekend in El Paso and in Dayton. Horrifically harsh hatred that, that it's just hard to even comprehend. So we have that on one end of the spectrum, but then we have this whole spectrum of harshness that we swim in. That's all around us in our environment. It's on our social media. It's on the television. It's even the way people talk to each other. Just criticizing, critiquing, well, you could do this better, or this person does it better than you do. And, And we have this harshness in our environment. And that affects us. It affects us. I believe that that as we swim in this environment, we begin to put a protective, invisible shield barrier around our hearts. We can be pleasant. We can be kind. But but the whole time, we're, we're protecting our hearts. And this affects us. And it affects not only our relationships with one another, but it affects our relationship with God. Because when we have this barrier around our heart and when we swim in this environment, we begin to project this harshness onto God. We expect God to be kind of sitting up there going, you know, you could do better. I I didn't like it when you went here. And kind of shaking a finger at us. and, And we can begin to see God as a harsh God. But I want to tell you today, God is kind I'm going to say it again. God is kind. God is kind. Can we all say that together? God is kind. Can you feel what happens when we say that? When we begin to know the kindness of God, something happens and our hearts begin to soften. In fact, the apostle Paul talked about the kindness of God for this very reason in the book of Romans chapter 2. Paul is speaking to the church in Rome, and and the church had become harsh. They had become very judgmental toward people outside the church. And so Paul basically pleads with them, and he says this. He says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? His kindness was intended to turn us to him. I learned it this way. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Repentance is is just a churchy word that means we turn from the things that are going our own way and we turn to God. And see, God, in his kindness, calls us to him. Now notice, it does not say it is the fear of punishment that turns us to God. Or a good debate turns us to God. Or a stern word of warning. No. It's God's kindness that turns us to him. And here's why. Kindness connects us. Kindness connects us. It connects us to God and it connects us to one another. It even connects us to our own hearts again. Kindness connects us. There is something in every one of us that longs to connect. 
that longs to connect, not in a Minnesota nice surface way. I'm talking in a deep way. And this has been going on since the beginning of time. In the beginning of time, when man and woman, when we, when humanity turned away from God and, and rebelled and went and did the very thing he asked them not to do, not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it disconnected us. It disconnected us from God. It disconnected them from each other. It disconnected us from our own heart. And ever since that moment, every one of us has been longing to reconnect. And so has God. God has been pursuing us in his kindness, wanting us to reconnect. And then God did the kindest thing. God the Father sent his only son, Jesus, who walked this earth, Emmanuel, God with us, and he demonstrated kindness wherever he went. It was his way of being. Let me give you some examples. Think about the lepers the men and women that had the skin disease. Everywhere they went, they heard the words, unclean, stay away from me. But when they encountered Jesus, they experienced healing. But then they also experienced a kind touch and a kind word. See, the Holy Spirit and Jesus knew what they needed most. Did they need healing? Yes. But they also needed a kind touch and a kind word. The, the woman who bled, she had been bled for 12 years. For 12 years, she experienced rejection, disappointment, pain, disgust. Yet when she encountered Jesus, not only did she experience healing, but, but Jesus had her come and stand in front of him. And I believe he looked at her with the kindest, most honoring expression on his face. And then he said a kind word, your faith has healed you. That's what she needed most. The tax collectors. The tax collectors were men who probably spent most of their career defending themselves or hiding. Yet when they encountered Jesus, you know what they received? A kind invitation to have dinner together. <laughs> to come to the table because what they needed most was to know they were welcome and that they belonged. See, kindness, it's, it's our response to God's concern and for others for what they needed most. I was asking God this week, will you give me an example, a current day example of how kindness impacts people? And it happened this week. I have a very dear friend who lives in another state and she's in one of those really hard, dark seasons of her life. And, and she was overwhelmed, emotions running rampant, weak, fragile. She was moving into an apartment and she got there and she was going, I do not know how I'm gonna get a dresser up three flights of stairs. She only had one person to help her. And she just offered up a quick God, will you just help me? I don't care if you send angels, whatever you do, will you help me? Within a few minutes after getting there, a young man walked by. He was walking his dog. And uh, he stopped and he introduced himself. And he, he said, do you need some help? And, and the other person said, no, I think we got it. And he goes, no, seriously, do you need some help? And, and they said, yeah. So he said, let me just run back, tell my wife, I'm gonna drop off my dog. And he came back and he helped them carry everything up the three flights of stairs. She began to breathe. The next morning, she got up and, um, and she was struggling again. She looked at all the boxes, all the cabinets, everything was absolutely overwhelmed, couldn't even function to think about what to start with. A friend called her 
And she began to tell, and the friend said, well, let's first start by just breathing. Can we just breathe together? And then the friend began to help her figure out, what could you do first? Let's figure out one step at a time. And then they hung up. She was feeling better. But then the friend called back a few minutes later, and she said, I know that you said that one of the things that overwhelmed you was finding a grocery store in town. And, and I found one down the street from you. They also deliver. And I'm having a bunch of groceries and cleaning supplies delivered to your apartment. Oh, it was kind. A little bit later, the person who delivered the groceries came in and delivered them and then looked at her and saw her puffy eyes and her sadness and said, are you okay? And, and she began to not tell her a lot, just a little bit. And then the woman said, come here. Can I give you a hug? I watched, I listened to my friend go from overwhelmed, unable to function to all of a sudden chin lifted and able to know that she is a God who sees her and who is concerned for her. And thank you, God, that people responded to your concern for her. And she's walking upright again. See, kindness is powerful. And when it's done through the power of the Holy Spirit, it changes lives and changes the world. Now, one issue that I want to talk to you about today is that if it's true that kindness was a way of being for Jesus, what do we do with the stories of Jesus turning tables and confronting the religious leaders? Do we go, Jesus, that wasn't very nice. Jesus, were you having a bad day? Was that a temper tantrum? No. No, as I've wrestled with this this week, what hit me is that those were very oppressive situations. Situations where religious leaders were taking advantage of people who were vulnerable. And what I love about saying this is that God was concerned for those who were oppressed. But I also believe he was concerned for the oppressors. And was the kindest thing that Jesus could do was to go and to stand for those who didn't have a voice. But also stand for those who were the oppressors saying, this is not God's way. This is not good for you either. Was Jesus being kind? Yes. See, I think kindness is tender. And once in a while, it's also fierce. There is a fierce kindness that comes from the Holy Spirit. And I've been a little nervous in saying this because I don't want to give some of you permission to run out and going, I can be a fierce kindness today and just slam everybody you walk into. Don't do that. Because I want to remind you of a couple things. First of all, I haven't counted them, but I bet there are a hundred stories of Jesus showing tender kindness to everyone, confrontational kindness, fierce kindness. And on top of that, we as followers of Jesus and within the church, we need to be humble because most of the time, if not all the time, Jesus' confrontational kindness was to the religious leaders. And I'm not just talking about the people on staff, I'm talking about all of us. All of us can become a Pharisee like that. And so we need to be desperate for the Holy Spirit to show us in humility what does kindness look like. So how do we do that? 
What does kindness look like from moment to moment? How do we know when it's fierce versus tender? How do we know people's needs? I believe that Paul, the apostle, gives us an absolutely beautiful description and um, instruction on how to be kind. It's found in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. And, and I love this, these verses because Paul describes what kindness is not and what kindness is. And I think it's really important for us to also realize that Paul, the writer of this, was a man who, out of thinking he was doing what was right, persecuted the Christians. Actually watched Stephen be stoned. And yet, when he encountered Jesus... The kindness of Jesus, it changed everything in him. And he began to see the power of kindness. So hear this, these verses. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind. Everybody say, be kind. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So the first verse tells us what kindness is not. Paul says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Why? Because these are the things that disconnect us. If kindness connects us to one another and to God, these things disconnect us. Not only from the person, whether we're in front of them or not, but also from the Holy Spirit. It puts that barrier around our hearts again. And see, all of these are forms of judgment In the beginning of time, God did not want us to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because he knew it would give us the false assumption that we would have enough knowledge to judge evil. We don't. We don't. Only God does. Only God does. He's the only one who can see the whole picture. He's the only one that knows how to judge in a holy and right and loving way. And so we are asked and told to get rid of these things, bitterness, rage, anger, that are all forms of judgment against another person. Get rid of them. Now, does this mean we just stuff them down? Yeah, no, that's where that counterfeit thing comes. Because then we just become this pleasant thing with all this stuff brewing. This is why we need the Holy Spirit to turn and say, help me. My heart feels a bit hard. Help me to get rid of this stuff. As I read those stories of Jesus turning tables, I looked at him through new lenses and I I began to go, wow, Jesus, somehow you were able to do this. He was angry at the injustice, but he was able to do it without bitterness or hatred or, or anger that was destructive. Somehow he was able to do it, and so can we. Oh, I wrestled with this this week. I I have to be honest. I, I, I was struggling after what happened last weekend, the shootings. How do I talk about kindness? See, I'm I'm angry 
I am angry that my brothers and sisters who are a different ethnicity than me in El Paso were hated and targeted and killed. I'm angry about that and I don't know what to do with it. I I am grieving for the families in Dayton and El Paso for losing people out of hatred. I'm angry that my daughters are raised in a, in a generation where they're horrified by this, but they're not surprised anymore. I was surprised as a kid. They aren't anymore. What do we do with this? And I've wrestled, Lord, I don't want to talk about kindness. <laughs> it just feels the. Oh, but he began to show me things about kindness in the midst of the harshness of the world. And this is where that that second verse comes in where it says this. Instead, in the midst of all of this, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. This is so powerful. These are, I believe, the two sides to the kindness coin. Tender-hearted and forgiving absolutely powerful. I hope you wrestle with this because I know I have. Tender-hearted is the same word as compassionate. Compassionate. And, and what we can do through the power of the Holy Spirit is we can look at people with compassion. When we're up close to him, oh, we can only see all the faults. When we step back and say, Holy Spirit, help me, we begin to see them as broken, just like us. The brokenness in the world. And we see them as they really are. While I am so angry about these two young men killing 31 people. When I go to the Holy Spirit, I realize they didn't wake up one morning hating people and going and shooting. Something happened to them. I don't know what, but something happened. And my heart can feel even an ounce of compassion. And God can help me with not having those walls fill up. So tender-hearted compassion sees people as they are through the lens of Jesus. And forgiveness is forgiving them for who they're not. Forgiving them for not being the people that God created them to be. It's not saying that what they did was okay. It's not okay. But it's going to God and saying, God, this is too heavy for me to carry. And so I choose to forgive them and release all of that to you because you'll know what to do with it. But I release it to you and Lord, please don't let my heart get hard. Keep my heart soft. And as we walk in this way of being, we are able to be kind and to change the world. See, Jesus didn't just demonstrate it through his actions with people. Jesus demonstrated it on the cross. He stayed on that cross out of God's concern for all of us. That was his response. And he stayed on that cross because he could look out at everyone with compassion. And then he forgave us. And out of that, he then died and he rose again and he said, but I will not leave you alone. Oh, he's so kind. I will fill you with my spirit so that you too are able to have a tender heart and a forgiving heart. 
See, Jesus, our Savior, didn't come to rescue us out of the harshness of the world. He came to rescue us from within the harshness of the world and then to work through us to replace harshness with kindness and love. This is what we're called to do. Not to judge, but to be kind, tender-hearted, and forgiving. It's hard, but with the Holy Spirit, we're able to do it. Each week in this me- these messages, we've been wanting to give you some practical steps, as practical as we can get, to cultivate these characteristics of the fruit and to cultivate what the Spirit's doing. The Spirit does it, but we can be a rich soil that allows the Holy Spirit to produce this fruit. And so I want to give you three practical suggestions this week to practice if you want to grow in the spirit of kindness. And here's what they are. The first one is this. Turn to the kindness of God daily. Turn to the kindness of God daily. If you do not know God is kind, first of all, I just need you to know you're not alone. There's a lot of people who don't. But ask the Holy Spirit, help me to see you as kind. Will you show me this? He won't fail you. I also encourage you, go to the word of God. This is the story we get to live into. So go to the stories of Jesus where he's interacting with a leper or a tax collector or someone and put yourself in their shoes and sit with Jesus and hear him speak words of kindness and see what he does. Meditate on the kindness of God this week and let that shape you. Number two, be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. See, sometimes the harshest person in the world is ourselves. I was at a funeral uh, several years ago of a dear friend of ours who died in his 50s. And he left behind some young adult children. And one of his daughters said what I thought was one of the most beautiful things. She was talking about how when she used to go home um, and she'd be hard on herself. Ah, I didn't like how I looked. I've gained weight on this or, or, um, or I didn't do well on this test. And she'd be just hard on herself. And her dad, who was Hispanic, looked at her and he would go, Chica, my little girl, Chica, be kind to yourself. See, this father would hear her speaking so harshly about herself and he couldn't stand it. Because when he looked at her, he saw how beautiful she was and all of his love for her. She could be kind to yourself. I believe that there are many that are hearing my voice right now who needs to hear that from God. You've been hard on yourselves. And when you are, God looks at you and goes, oh, be kind to yourself because I wish you could see you as I do. So this week, as you are looking in the mirror and you're not happy or, or you have those tapes replay in your head, I have those, and you're harsh, turn to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, show me how you see me. Help me to be kind to myself. And then lastly, can we do this each morning? Before you get out of bed, check your heart and then practice kindness. Each morning, check your heart and check it all day long. Lord, is there a shield that's wrapping around it? Am I feeling bitter toward anybody? Uh, Am I speaking slanderously? Uh, Forgive me. Lord, help me. Help me. Help me to have a compassionate heart and a forgiving heart. 
and then go out. Don't detach from the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, will you help me today? Open my eyes to see even one person and to see their deepest needs. Maybe it'll be helping somebody move. Maybe it'll be helping somebody get groceries. Maybe it'll be just giving somebody a hug. I don't know what they need, but the Holy Spirit does. It's so much fun. It's so much fun to change the world. This is what we're called to do. God calls us to be kind, not nice, not syrupy sweet, kind, responding to God's concerns for the world with kindness. I want to close in prayer today. And then when we're done praying, we're going to sing a song that we haven't sung around at Hosanna in a, little, in a couple of years. It's called Mighty to Save. It's an older one. Some of you have been, you know this one. But it's a song that talks about the kindness and the compassion of the, spirit, of the Savior. And that he's able to move mountains. So those of you who feel like, oh, Julia, my heart is hard. Guess what? Jesus is, it's not too hard for Jesus. And we can surrender in this song. So I encourage you that, that as you sing this, will you let this be your turning to the Spirit? recognizing the kindness of God and asking the Holy Spirit to fill us again so we can go out and be kind in the world. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you that you are kind. Thank you. It overwhelms me. You're all the other things too, but you're kind. And Lord, I pray for anyone right now, first of all, if they've never known you, Jesus, and that you want to be with them and in them and help them and move them forward, Lord, may today be the day that they turn to you and say, I want this, Jesus. Will you come into my life and help me to follow you? But Lord, for anybody who has a hard heart, first of all, no shame, but Holy Spirit, we need you like living water to soften our hearts. Will you come in and move? But Lord, the world needs you. The harshness doesn't have the last word. You do. And for some amazing, silly reason, you chose us to bring your kindness into the world. Will you move in power? Will you show us how to do this? May it become a way of being. And may you use us to overcome the harshness with your loving kindness. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just want to pray for the families and the friends in El Paso and in Dayton. We pray for an abundance of kindness. We pray for your spirit to bring comfort and love. And God, will you somehow bring bright light in the midst of this. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.